a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Final segment of this Wednesday episode of the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we're going to look now at Utah County, specifically the the voter process. What will you go through as a Utah County resident to cast a ballot this year, either by mail or if you show up in person? And uh, we'll hear in just a moment from the Utah County clerk, Amelia Powers Gardner. She's going to talk to us a, a bit about what is in place and what uh, is in store for you as you look to cast a ballot this uh, this November or in the lead up to if you choose the the mail-in option. But let's look backwards a, a little bit because Utah County has faced uh, some some trouble in, in the past. Uh, looking back not that far, uh, but to 2018, the midterm elections. Then the Utah County clerk auditor uh, was a gentleman named Brian Thompson. Uh, he did not emerge uh, victorious in his re-election bid. And in fact, uh, in 2018, uh, during the time surrounding that midterm election, the, the governor uh, said that Utah County was the epicenter of dysfunction. Now, again, that's 2018. Uh, that's an eternity ago in terms of uh, in terms of the news cycle, uh, and much has changed since then. But uh, it is important to to know the the challenges that we're facing the county and how uh, they have, uh, or at least how the the newly empowered uh, clerk auditor has put in place plans to to overcome the challenges of yesteryear. Here, here's some of what voters went through in 2018. Three and a half hours to vote. Three. I, I thought that was a little crazy. It's, it's my right to vote, so I was going to do it. If I, if I made that 8 o'clock deadline, I was in. I did move this past year, so uh, I maybe just missed that information. I didn't know that we had to vote by mail. 2019, uh, Amelia Powers Gardner took office as Utah County Clerk Auditor. This November 3rd, Election Day, as winter starts creeping up on the state, uh, Amelia Powers Gardner says we are prepared, and she joins us uh, now. Uh, ma'am, how are you? I'm doing I'm doing well. How are you? I, I'm great. I'm grateful to you for your time here on the air with us. Tell me about uh, your preparations and why you're confident that you are prepared. You know, we have spent my entire term of office, it's now been almost 21 months, and we've spent all of that 21 months preparing for this presidential election. This really was the, the pinnacle. The, the reason I ran is to make sure that we could fix this process, and this is what we've been hyper-focused on for the last 21 months. We've got a team of people. We've had the entire county behind us, including the commissioners and the citizens, um, and we have completely redesigned this election system from the ground up and really brought in the best of the best from the state to work with us in Utah County. And we're ready for this presidential election. We don't we don't we don't want to disparage anyone who came before. We're, uh, you know, a forward looking people. And uh, and I know that uh, that your uh, many months of preparation, getting ready for uh, what, what I'll call your Super Bowl here in November. Uh, a lot of work went into that. You, you hired new staff. 
So I didn't fire any of the existing staff. When I came into office, what I discovered is that the staff, they really just didn't have the resources and the vision that they needed to do their job. So I brought in more experience to help supplement our current staff. The people that worked there before have stepped up in a way that everyone should just be proud of. And then we brought in new talent. I brought in, um, I, I stole Salt Lake County's elections director, Roseanne Mitchell, brought her into Utah County. She has led this group with vision, with excitement, a positive attitude. And really, it's just been an uphill climb for the last 21 months. There'll be two experiences for voters. There are either those who take advantage of the mail-in option, and then there are those who will show up to the the polling locations to vote uh, in person. Talk to me first about any changes that you've made to uh, either the counting machines, the scanners, or whatever process is in place to to handle the mail-in ballots. So the mail-in ballots, I think the most important thing to realize is that we spend a significant amount of time and effort updating our voter rolls so that they're accurate. We, we went through the vital statistics and, and received people who have deceased. We've taken deceased voters off the list. Um, I know in the segment leading up to this, there was someone who mentioned that they had moved and they hadn't thought of updating their voter registration. We now check our voter rolls against the National Change of Address database regularly. So if this person put in a change of address with their bills, uh, their credit cards, their bank, or the post office, we are now getting those and updating those voter rolls, sending them postcards. And so we've done a lot to make sure that people get their ballot. One reason we had long lines in 2018 is there were a lot of people that just didn't get their ballot in the mail. Uh, We have done a lot to make sure they do get their ballot. Now, let's say when those people get their ballot in the mail, some people maybe don't trust the post office to return their ballot. First, I want them to know that our Utah post office, they know about vote by mail. We've been doing this for years. They're well prepared for it. Uh, Maybe not so much as other places in the nation, they maybe their post office wasn't as prepared and those people are nervous. But here in Utah, we have fantastic postal workers and they're ready for this. But if you don't trust that system, we placed 20 bo- drop boxes across the county. And those 20 drop boxes, most of them are drive up drop boxes. You don't even have to get out of your car. They're at city locations. Put your, your ballot in that drop box and it gets emptied regularly by my staff. They come out, they bring those right back to the county. So we have drop boxes now we didn't before. And then back at the county building, we have about just over a million dollars worth of new equipment to sort those ballots, verify signatures on every single ballot, and tabulation equipment. It's really state-of-the-art now. There was an interesting little bit uh, of trivia that emerged from the primary elections. There were certain uh, clerk's offices who would subject the mailed-in ballots uh, to to a quarantine uh, of of sorts. Will there there be any sort of quarantining of the ballots themselves uh, before your staff uh, dives in for the count? We, in Utah County, we don't think that's necessary. We actually have um, an expert consultant that we bring in, Dr. Hmm. Mike Kennedy. Some people may remember him. He was a state legislator, yeah. and he is a physician. And he came in on the primary election and let us know that coronavirus can't last longer than four hours on ballots. If you put those ballots in a drop box, they've typically been quarantined for more than four hours before we receive them. So we weren't too worried about that. Since he gave us that advice, the CDC has now come out and reaffirmed the advice that Dr. Kennedy gave us letting us know that after three hours, we don't really need to worry about coronavirus on that. So we are not, we're not practicing a quarantine because once they've been in the drop box for that long, get back to the county and get sorted. 
at that time, it's not a risk to our employees anymore. Makes plenty of sense to me. Uh, yesterday, the, the governor, along with state epidemiologist Dr. Angela Dunn, uh, announced some changes to the way the state and the counties are battling the coronavirus. Uh, talk to me uh, about the impact uh, that that announcement will have, uh, if at all, on the in-person voting experience as those uh, individuals choose to, to vote uh, in person. At this time, we're not planning a huge change, but we had already taken a lot of measures. All of our poll workers will be wearing masks. We're asking anyone coming to the polling location to wear a mask. And then in order to help facilitate social distancing, as well as not having a large gathering, what we're doing in Utah County, when you get to a polling location to to vote, we're actually going to have you scan a QR code and sign up on your phone. And then we're going to send you back to your car where you're not exposed to others to wait. When it's your turn, we're going to text about 10 people at a time and we're going to bring about 10 people at a time into the building to give them a new ballot and envelope and have them cast their vote. Absolutely fascinating. This way, they're not in line. Uh, Listen, Amelia Powers Gardner, thank you so much. Utah County Clerk, Auditor, uh, looking forward uh, to to this election, looking forward to a smooth operation by all counties. uh, And I am grateful to you for your time explaining to the audience the experience of Utah County voters. Thanks again for your time and service. Thank you. All right, that's it for me. Time for me to step aside. It's been a fun show today, huh? I'd invite you to go back and listen to many of today's segments on the podcast. You can get that at the KSL News Radio app powered by Any Hour Services. Time now to step aside for Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.